0: Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is out. It's in theaters. Let me know what you guys think of the film if you have seen it already. Now, if you haven't, I do want to warn you I will be discussing full spoilers, full details for not only Doctor Strange, but also for the Moon Knight finale. So if you haven't seen either, I want you to press pause. I want you to go downstairs or upstairs, wherever you're television system is in your house and I want you to watch both and then come back and join the discussion. So without further ado, let's, I'm just going to go over my general thoughts of Doctor Strange. I think it was a solid entry in the MCU. Uh, It was a great story about Doctor Strange, about America Chavez, about the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff. And I think it's a very important film in phase four that could be potentially setting up a Secret Wars event in the future. I mean, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're building to Secret Wars. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bet like a couple grand on it, but I certainly would put a lot of stock in the fact that I think Marvel is trying to build up to maybe one Secret Wars Avengers film or have a couple Avengers films that will lead up to Secret Wars, sort of like how we saw Avengers, Age of Ultron, and then inevitably building up to Avengers Endgame. So I think that is sort of where Marvel's heading and I think this film is a very uh, important stepping stone to eventually build to that storyline. So great film overall. I don't think it was like the best MCU film I've ever seen. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to put it in the top five, but I'm certainly willing to put it in the top ten. Uh, and we'll sort of go over that later. But let's, let's talk about the things that I enjoyed, the things that worked for me. I've seen the film twice now. The first time I saw it, I went in, you know, purely as a fan. I wanted to see how the Illuminati cameos would play out and just all the other surprises that not only myself, but other fans have been speculating about for, you know, basically years, ever since this film was announced in San Diego Comic-Con in 2019. So once I got that out of my system, I got that satisfaction. Then the second viewing, which I saw it a couple days ago in 3D, by the way, I went in with a more critical perspective. I wanted to analyze the film, really pick apart the things that worked for me and the things that I would have possibly liked to have seen done differently. So we're gonna go over that in detail. The first thing that I liked was Sam Raimi's direction. This seems to be the aspect of this movie that has divided fans. A lot of fans have criticized this film for feeling too similar to that of an early 2000s horror film like Blade or something. Um, For me, I didn't get that impression. However, that's not necessarily a bad thing at the same time, because many of these Marvel films share a very traditional MCU flair, and that's what's made it so successful, and I have nothing against that. In fact, that's what drew me me in as a viewer, and that's what drew me in as a fan. But I think every once in a while, seeing a director bring their own style, their own characteristics, their own artistic vision, it's a great palate cleanser. It's a great refreshment. And then afterwards, you can go back to those older MCU films and now have this newfound appreciation for them. And Marvel Marvel has a great eye for talent, especially Kevin Feige. I mean, he's, he's the guy who runs all of this. He has such a good eye for directors... That, well, maybe not have been in the starlight very much. Maybe not have. Maybe they haven't directed any, you know, big studio films. They can find great storytellers, and we've seen that across. We've seen that with Chloe Zhao. Now I know a lot of people are going to say, well, she directed *Nomadland*. *Eternals* was, you know, they signed her on to be the director of that well before that film won any of the Oscars or anything like that. To my knowledge, if I'm wrong, correct me in the comments below, but I don't want to get off track. Let's get back to Sam Raimi. Of course, Sam Raimi is, you know, very, very known for his success and his history in the horror genre. And there's certainly horror elements of that. I'm going to get into that in more detail towards the end of this discussion. Um, But I think you can definitely see Sam Raimi's choices in terms of, you know, creatively, stylistically, it's very, very much a Sam Raimi film. In fact, out of all the Marvel films I've seen, it seems like Marvel has really kind of let most of the creative control and leeway fall in the hands of Sam Raimi. Whereas in a lot of other Marvel films, there's a lot of interference between the studio. And not. And I I know that sounds bad, but that's proven to be very successful because Marvel wants these films to intertwine and have these interconnected stories. And it very much does so in this as well. But how it's executed is very much complemented by Sam Raimi's style. And I think that worked great for me. The next thing I want to discuss uh, is the multiverse. I think with the runtime and the amount of time this film was given to explore the multiverse, because it's, it's in the damn title, they better explore the multiverse. I enjoyed what we got. Um, but I'm also kind of going to discuss how that's also somewhat of a weakness. Not the multiverse, but the runtime. But for the amount of the film that we got, the two hours and five minutes, if my, f- if my memory serves me correctly, I think they did a fine job exploring the multiverse. The next thing I really liked about this film, Doctor Strange himself. You certainly hope so when you're going into a film that's titled Doctor Strange. But, you know, in the Infinity Saga, I found his character interesting, but most of my focus still remained with Thor, Captain America, you know, Tony Stark... Now that two of those three superheroes are gone, Doctor Strange is now one of my favorite characters left in the MCU. I would say top three for me, probably just my favorites, Doctor Strange, Thor, and I would probably say, hmm, I would say either... This is a tough one. I I didn't even write this down as notes. I'm just kind of spitballing this off the top of my head. So, Doctor Strange, Thor, no particular order, by the way. And I guess if Spider-Man still remains in the MCU, I would say Spider-Man. You know, depending on where Sony goes from there. Although, there are quite a few references of Spider-Man in this film. So, I'm sure we're going to see him return. And probably see John Watts return to direct the fourth film. And the new trilogy that they'll be setting up. But anyways, Doctor Strange was great. Um, this film isn't entirely about him. It's very much also about Scarlet Witch and America Chavez. But we see all the events and the narrative play out through Doctor Strange's point of view. And they very much build upon the arc that and the character that we've seen from Infinity War. Endgame and more specifically the very first Doctor Strange. This is a sequel to the first Doctor Strange We see some familiar faces. We've seen Christine Palmer Uh, We see her quite a few times in the 616 universe and then we see her in the 838 universe as the sort of person that's running the logistics division of the Illuminati headquarters, so It was great to see them back and one scene that really kind of is staying with my memory is when we see Dr. Strange at Christine Palmer's wedding in the beginning of the film. And he's sitting beside one of his fellow, you know, doctor coworkers that we see in the first film. And, you know, we saw that they had this sort of friendly rivalry. Um, and he asked Dr. Strange, was that the only way? And of course he's referring to the whole snapping and everything that happened with the universe back in Infinity War. And while Dr. Strange was confident that that was the only way, and he, he, he does reply like that was the only play, you almost see a sense of doubt in the look in his eyes. He almost sits for a moment and thinks like, hmm, was that the only way? So, pretty interesting. We we definitely see his arc continue. He, he is less arrogant in this film. I mean, inherently, that's kind of a blessing and a curse about the character himself because he's such a confident person, but I think it sort of bites him in the ass at some points. Um, but we, we see that he's a little less arrogant. He's starting to become a little bit more conscious of that and conscious of how that's also, it's something that's helped him, but it's also something that's hurt him. And the Illuminati addressed that very well. And that's in fact why that their version of Doctor Strange unfortunately had to be killed because he thought he would take matters into his own hands and explore the dark hold and then inevitably causing, causing an incursion. Um, and that's a very key word that we're gonna get into later, incursion. Remember that. Especially if you've seen the film, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it was great to see Doctor Strange back. I had no complaints with Benedict Cumberbatch. The next thing I liked about this film, Wanda Maximov. We pick up right where we left off with WandaVision. Now, I've seen a lot of people complain that she was almost too much of a villain, but I think it was the natural, the natural direction that her character was taking. If you've seen WandaVision right we see her at the end of the show she's you know studying the dark hold and she hears the cries of her children from another multiverse so she wants to find them of course uh and she she briefly had them in Wanda vision but they were of course taken away because they were almost just like a figment of her imagination that she created so they were never actually real and doctor strange says that many times he says your children are not real wanda but then wanda says One thing I learned with the Darkhold is that I can get anything I want. So, of course, that basically sets up the plot of the film. Then she needs to get America Chavez's powers because, of course, she can't explore the multiverse physically unless she does the whole dreamwalking thing that they discuss in the film where you essentially take host of another multiversal version of yourself without you actually physically being there. But just seeing things play out through the perspective of another version of yourself, kind of like VR almost. Um, but I liked her character. I really had no problem with Marvel going full range with her, and really for people to understand her character from the comics as well. Now I've admitted I haven't read the comics, but I've 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 done my research, so I know enough about the character to know that in the comics she kind of always was a villain, especially if you read the the House of M storyline. So a lot of people are probably just looking at her and remembering her involvement with the Avengers. Her, you know, her involvement in, uh, you know, with Captain America and, and her ties to those hero characters. But we have to remember that we were introduced to her in Age of Ultron as a villain. You know, she spent some time with the Avengers, but through and through, there was tragedy left and right. She lost Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, and then of course she lost Vision. And she even explained, "I had to take out my husband," and it didn't even mean shit because of course Thanos used the Time Stone to revert that and then inevitably take the Mind Stone, I think it was the mindstone, out of Vision's head. So she's been through a hell of a lot. Um, so it only kind of makes sense as her character, as her arc continues, that she kind of goes full, full fucking crazy. Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe she'll kind of, you know, go get her, unleash her rage, and then maybe she'll kind of have this sort of redemption arc down the line. Because there have been a lot of rumors that she's going to return for her own film. And Pure speculation, but I think that maybe then we'll explore the House of M storyline. Now, I think they'll obviously tweak things, and, and and maybe that can be a way for Marvel to introduce some more mutant characters, but that's just pure speculation, because a lot of people thought that they might do that in Doctor Strange. I was one of those people. I thought they might do, you know, I have I've watched John Campion. They discussed how they they could do, excuse me. How they might do a reverse House of M and then instead of Wanda saying no more mutants, maybe she could say something like more mutants or like bring mutants back or something like that. But they didn't do that in the film at all. Uh, So maybe they'll explore that in her solo film. The next thing I really enjoyed was, of course, the Illuminati. Now, this was arguably the biggest focus ...that fans had before seeing the film. We were all discussing who's going to be on the Illuminati. Are we going to see John Krasinski? Are we going to see Black Bolt? Are we going to see Superior Iron Man? And, you know, a couple of those characters were in the film... ...but one of those weren't. Now, let's just run through the cameos. Let's run through the roster before I give you my thoughts. So, of course, we had John John Krasinski. I think that was, you know, basically... I think we all knew that was going to happen. There was even reports that he he, uh, filmed scenes... As the character so of course, we saw John Krasinski as Reed Richards. We had a Captain Marvel variant It was the same actress who played Monica Rambeau's mother from the first Captain Marvel film So we saw her as the character of Captain Marvel Then we saw Captain Carter who we knew was going to be in this film in some way shape or form because we I mean in the TV spots leading up to the film They actually showed footage of her which I think was probably showing a little bit too much but then in one of the posters There was like glass shards everywhere and you could see in one of the shards, the reflection you could see was the Captain Carter shield, uh, the Captain Britain shield rather that you could see. Uh, Then, of course, we had Anson Mount return as Black Bolt from the Inhumans. I have not seen the Inhumans, but uh, I've seen pictures and I've seen some clips and it seems like they gave his character a huge upgrade in terms of his costume It was a lot more comic book accurate. So we saw him. And then we saw Baron Mordo, an alternate version of him, excuse me, of him. And in this universe, he is the Sorcerer Supreme. And then, of course, to cap it off, we saw Charles Xavier as Professor X. He came on screen. You can hear Danny Elfman incorporated the X-Men 97 theme music very subtly, you know, pay homage to the fans. And he came in with the green chair, the green levitating chair, and he even had the same kind of suit. That the character wears in the TV show, which we do know that Marvel is continuing on Disney Plus very soon. Um, and it was great. I I was aware through the leaks that Wanda was going to kill the Illuminati, so that, that didn't surprise me. Now how it played out was just wild. I think everybody can can probably agree, especially when Black Bolt's mouth was shut, and then of course his ability is like is 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 like a his like speech, it just kind of the, the sound waves just sort of takes out anything in its path. Probably a better way to explain that, but that's just sort of what came to the top of my head. And we see Wanda says, you know, you know what mouth? Cause John Krasinski of course says like black bolt can take you out with one, you know, whisper or whatever. And then she shuts his mouth and he basically implodes in his head and he dies. That was, that was crazy. That was nuts. Um, and then she basically ger- turned, uh, Reed Richards into, you know, it almost looked like, you know, shreds of paper, uh, you know, similar to the office. Um, so, and then of course, you know, we, we, we saw footage of the fight sequence with Captain Marvel, who everybody, a, a lot of people thought that was superior Iron Man. I never thought it did. You can, you can very much see, you know, many of the features Of the character that just didn't look nothing like Superior Iron Man. Of course, like something sure I understand. Like at first I had to look at it twice when we first saw that footage in the trailer. But I never thought that was Superior Iron Man. Speaking of him. That I think was the biggest question. Were we going to see Tom Cruise as Superior Iron Man? Now for those of you who don't know why that's such a big topic of discussion. Was because if we rewind. You use the time stone. We rewind. Way back to 2003 or 4, when they were first developing Iron Man, one of the actors in the running to play the character was, in fact, Tom Cruise. And then, of course, it went to Robert Downey Jr., and the rest is history. But he was one of the actors that was very, very close to booking that role. So, a lot of fans thought it would be cool to see, you know, since we're exploring the multiverse, to see a version where Iron Man was played by Tom Cruise. But I think that. Marvel is probably saving something like that for Secret Wars. And then also, I was reading reports that they, in fact, like Michael Waldron, the writer, they, in fact, did plan on having him in this film. But apparently, due to scheduling, he couldn't make it. And which makes total sense because he was probably shooting the upcoming Mission Impossible at the time and probably even Top Gun. So it just didn't work out from an availability perspective. Um, But yeah, overall, I love the Illuminati. I had no problem with Wanda just, you know, taking them all out. And specifically with John Krasinski, I think we will see him return. In fact, I'm almost positive. And we're going to go into that in more detail afterwards. The next thing I really liked about this film was America Chavez. I think Marvel has proven that... They do a great job at introducing new characters in films that aren't necessarily about them. And they include them in the narrative in a way that complements the story. It doesn't take you out of it. It it, it fits in perfectly well. The best example of that, of course, is Captain America Civil War. For the first time, we were introduced to two very, very significant characters. The first of which was Spider-Man, this this MCU version of Spider-Man. We didn't have to see the whole Uncle Ben storyline play out. We know who the character is. And they pay subtle, you know, they pay subtle tributes to how he, of course, became Spider-Man. We, we see he explains to Tony Stark that it was bitten by a spider. Like, we all understand. We don't need to see it all play out. And then, of course, we were introduced to the very first time Black Panther, a.k.a. T'Challa, and... And it fit well in that story. They needed to be there. There was a purpose. And the same thing can be said with America Chavez. Without America Chavez, you have to basically make an entirely different film. Because, you know, while most of the screen time was given up to Doctor Strange, the film basically revolved around America Chavez, right? Doctor Strange is protecting her from Wanda because Wanda needs her abilities to travel the multiverse to find her kids. So without America Chavez... We don't get that story, that same story. It would have to be told from a different perspective with probably different characters. So she was very important, and we see her right from the jump of this film, or you know, she's at the waypoint with um, another version of Doctor Strange being Defender Strange, and they're trying to get the Book of Ashanti. So I think her inclusion in this film worked perfectly. It did not take me out, Um, and I think her character was was you know was a nice. Introduction. She's a very important character, especially with where they're going with the multiverse. And I thought it was interesting that we see her at Kamar Taj at the end of the film and Dr. Strange is sort of training her to hone in on her craft and continue to find more control in her abilities. And also it almost looks like she's learning how to use, you know, the sling ring and create, you know, portals and whatnot. So I'm sure we'll see her again. And I liked her inclusion of the character in this film. Uh, Lastly, before I touch on the things that did not work for me, I want to talk about the word incursions. Now, through my research, I could be wrong for those of you who are big, you know, comic book enthusiasts and readers. If you've read all the novels, let me know. But to my understanding, the word incursion, and I think they even explain it in the film, is when one or is when two or more universes collide, and what happens is either all of the universes as a result will cease to exist or One of the other universes will essentially absorb the other and then, or or one of them will get destroyed and one of them will remain. And I think that right there, that word and that explanation to me was setting up that, that, that's, that's foreshadowing secret wars. I think it's, it's coming. I think it's inevitable. I don't think it's a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when, and I'm really excited. I think that storyline is more compelling than something like Avengers Endgame because, you know, we look at, I look back on Endgame and and I really kind of ask myself, why did we all get super excited? We know the characters that got dusted. We knew they were going to come back. Many of them had three, four more films on their contracts. We knew they were going to come back. I, I, I think the thing that was drawing us in was seeing that play out, which makes sense. And of course, but... There wasn't any big cameos or wasn't new characters introduced. We just saw everybody return and we saw that final battle take place against Thanos. With Secret Wars, when that film eventually does happen, we will likely see so many different characters make cameos. We There's rumors that uh, they try to get Ben Affleck to come back as Daredevil in this film. Well, that well, we didn't see that in Multiverse of Madness. I think something like that is definitely possible to see in a Secret Wars event, and Tom Cruise's Iron Man, and, and all it just all kind. Con- the, the possibilities are endless to what they can do with a film like that. Now, I don't want to just you know say I'm excited for you know cameo potential. I think the storyline itself is very interesting. To my understanding, every all the universes collide to essentially fight each other to see they could just take control of one universe and all these different versions of characters like iron man and captain america and all kinds of characters fight against each other which i think is incredibly interesting now i'm going to address some things that you know that didn't work as well for me as it might have for other people now i'll just admit there's not much for the most part i really enjoy this film but there were a few things that you know maybe i would have liked to change a little bit but nothing substantial nothing that i hated uh, the first thing is at times the writing felt a little bit off now not all the time there were some incredible one-liners in this film particularly when wanda is warning dr strange that if i arrive at Carmart i think i pronounced it correctly and you don't give up america chavez it won't be wanda coming it'll be the scarlet witch that sent chills down my spine and my audience went like ooh like that was really really cool so don't get me wrong the writing isn't terrible in fact it shines a lot in this film but there are certain moments specifically with you know some dialogue between doctor strange and other characters it felt a little bit corny and just a little bit off is the best way i can put it um i don't know it just very minor nitpick, nothing crazy. And overall the writing I think was solid. There it just had its moments where it felt a little bit kind of weird. Um but I mean the writer of this film is Michael Waldron who's very familiar with multiversal storylines. He's he's been the writer for Rick and Morty and he was the writer for Loki, which I think is still the best Marvel Disney plus show that they've done. And I think it's I don't think I don't even think it's close to be honest, as much as I like Moon Knight. I think through and through Loki is a much better TV series and I think it's a lot more important and it contributes a lot more to the overall storyline of where the MCU is going with the multiverse. So yeah, I I, I certainly don't hate the writing. I just think at times it kind of just felt a little bit off for me. Uh, The next thing I wish the film was a little bit longer. I talked about this in the beginning, but with, with the time that this film was given, I think they did a fair job exploring the multiverse. But I would have liked to see maybe like one to two minutes contributed to exploring some of these wacky universes that we've seen. There's that one sequence where they go through a black and white universe. They go through a universe that looks uh, incredibly futuristic, very Blade Runner 2049-esque. Uh, they even go through a cartoon universe um, that was slightly teased in the trailer, but you see you see it play out uh, for a couple more seconds in the film. And they even go through a Savage Land universe, which is straight out of the comics, and we see some dinosaurs and stuff. Now, I know that this film can't contribute 10 minutes towards that. But maybe like a minute or two in each one of these universes would have been kind of cool. Because if you really think about it, we only we were only in two other universes for an extended period of time. We were in the 838 universe. And then we were in the universe where Christine Palmer and Doctor Strange go to the Incursion universe. Where we meet the evil Doctor Strange from uh, very similar to What If... And that was pretty much it. We didn't go through any other universes for you know a lengthy period of time. Other than when we saw a quick flash. And we even saw characters like the Living Tribunal. Which is a significant character in the comics. And I'm sure we'll see that character return as well. Um, so yeah, I, f- I feel like another 15-20 minutes wouldn't have hurt this film at all. Uh, but overall, it, it, once again, it's a minor complaint. I thought the pacing overall was pretty solid there wasn't any points where you know i was getting bored for lack of a better word um and that's pretty much it in terms of things i didn't like you know if i really kind of go through every frame every shot which i'm not doing you know i could probably find a couple more a couple other things and a couple other things that i liked as well but you know i think that that pretty much Sums up the things that you know didn't really work for me, but very minor complaints. Um, now before we conclude the Doctor Strange review, I want to address the horror aspects. Now, I discussed this on my last podcast. I had seen the critics, you know, talking about the horror elements, many people calling this a straight up horror film, many people saying they're not going to bring their kids and blah blah blah. And I, I said, I said, I, I think that people are likely blowing this out of the water. Now, I also wanted to, you know, save, save judgment until I saw the film entirely. And as I suspected, now that I've seen the film twice, I was right in, 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 in my presumption. They, there are certainly horror aspects, but at the end of the day, this is a Marvel movie. This is not a horror film. And I think for people saying that this is like, you know, people are discussing this film, like it's the next exorcism of, of Emily Rose or something. Uh, not not even that that's a bad comparison. Like it's the next conjuring, not at all, not in any way, shape or form. And I certainly believe that people are over, over exaggerating that now. Sure. If you want to call this the scariest Marvel movie we've seen, I mean, I guess so, but is that really a tall order? This is Marvel at the end of the day. It's never been their intention to frighten their audience. That's that's never been their MO. So sure, if you want to call it the, the most frightening Marvel film yet, I mean, I don't really think that says that much, but I think people overall are, are kind of exaggerating on that aspect of the film. With that being said, though, I do need to remind myself that not everybody out there has seen horror films like hereditary or like The Conjuring or like Insidious or like Sinister. Not everybody has seen those films. I grew up on those kind of films. I I love horror films. Uh, So maybe this could be a great entry point for people to see a movie like this who haven't seen many of the classic horror films and then say, okay, you know what? I like some of this, but I would like to see a film that dedicates more to that genre. And then they can go watch those other films. So I do need to remind myself of that when I hear people saying, it's so fucking scary. Like, to me, I can't imagine it being that, and it wasn't for me, but you know, for others, everybody has their own experiences. So, hey, at the end of the day, if that's, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Who am I to say otherwise? Um, but now, let's get into Moon Knight. So, now let's talk about Moon Knight. Overall, general thoughts, I think Moon Knight was a great show, and I think Marvel once again has proven that they can introduce brand new characters that not many people are familiar with and draw audiences in and then potentially even have viewers come in for the first time in the MCU that haven't seen any other MCU property before and join the MCU now. The ratings for the show were incredible. So it was very lucrative for Marvel and it was overall a giant success. So of course, we're going to see Mark Spector return. We're going to see Oscar Isaac return. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But for me, my personal thoughts, I think it's my second favorite MCU show just behind Loki. Uh, Let's go over the things that worked for me of the show. Um, Well, first, let's actually address the The season finale. Let's talk about that first before I talk about overall my, my overall thoughts on the show itself. Now, I will say the season finale was actually one of my least favorite episodes of the entire show. To me, episode five was still by far the best episode of Moon Knight. And it really didn't have any Moon Knight in it. Aside from the sequence where we see the actual origin of Mark Spector. Sort of you know crawling to that to that ruin where he first comes in contact with Kanchu. I feel like the episode the season finale went took a step backwards from the emotion and the arc that we were seeing being built from episode five. Now, of course, it wasn't all, you know, you know, doom and gloom as I'm describing it. There was some qualities that I enjoyed, and I'm gonna go over that right now. The first of which was the Moon Knight fight scenes, a very Consistent complaint across the show was that there was very little Moon Knight itself. We more or less saw Mark Spector, you know, Stephen Grant, and I agree that was never an issue for me because what I think that Marvel is doing is I think Marvel is using the show as the sort of origin and laying the groundwork for us to care about the character behind the mask, make us care about Mark Spector, make us care about Stephen Grant, establish those characters. And then afterwards, then you know we could see Moon Knight in all of his glory and just doing Moon Knight shit, right? But first we need to establish the groundwork. And I think that's what the show was trying to do. So for people that were complaining that, were, that there was a lack of Moon Knight, I think people will certainly be pleased with the finale because we see significantly more Moon Knight and I think the fight scenes were incredible. I, th- I think they were, well, choreographed. I think specifically the first fight sequence that we see with Moon Knight and Arthur Harrow uh, was was very entertaining. I think overall, no complaints with the Moon Knight fight scenes. Uh, the next thing I enjoyed was the visual effects of Ama and Khonshu. Now, overall, across all other six, five episodes, rather, I think the visual effects for Khonshu were pretty impressive. Uh, No real complaints there, but I was not entirely sure if we were going to see Amit actually on screen. Amit, of course, was discussed about across all the episodes with Arthur Hare, but I didn't know if we were actually going to see Amit come on screen, but we did, and I thought she looked great. Um, And then the next thing I enjoyed is what they did with the Layla character. A lot of people didn't really like that they sort of made her into her own superhero. I actually thought it was... a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting it. And I liked how she became the avatar of, um, uh, Tarawit. I think is how they pronounce it. The Egyptian God that we were introduced, uh, in the previous two episodes, episodes four and five, I had no problem with what they did with Layla. And I'm actually, I was already enjoying her character. I thought she was, she, she carried, she contributed a lot of the emotional weight of the show along with Mark. Um, but I think making her a superhero is interesting and I think it it, it sort of can foreshadow some future storylines we could see down the line with that character. So I liked what they did with her. Overall, as I mentioned here, the action was pretty entertaining for the most part. And of course, the post credit scene was the last thing I really enjoyed. Of course, we knew that there was a third personality. It was foreshadowed many, many times and teased many, many times throughout the show. Now, we didn't know for sure if they were going to stick to the comics and give us Jake Lockley. For those of you who don't know, in the comics, Jake Lockley is a, is the third personality that Mark Spector has, and he essentially is very Travis Bickle-esque. He's a cab driver who traverses the streets in the night, trying to sort of get inside scoops on the crime that's happening to then report back to Mark Spector, and then Mark Spector can you know take care of that crime. Uh, so we saw that in the post-credit scene. Um, so that's very exciting, of course, teasing future storylines to come for the character. Uh, now let's get into what I didn't like, and I will admit, unlike Doctor Strange, there are quite a few things that did not work for me, and uh, and I'm going to go over them right now. The first thing: the episode was way too short. If you're going to make a six-episode series introducing a brand new character, you need to give time for that character and things to unfold for it all to make sense. This episode was way too short. It just felt cluttered is the best way I can put it. Now, before I saw the episode, I realized like this was only like 40-something minutes long like I, I I'm obviously I don't work in the business I don't work in the industry so I I can't really relate I'm just giving you my own perspective but I think an hour would have an hour long episode would have really benefited the show now they've yet to do that and that is becoming a very consistent problem with these Disney plus sh- uh, series is none of them with the exception of Loki in my opinion although a lot of people complain Loki the season finale was just an exposition heavy episode and while I can certainly understand that, I think it worked well for me. But aside from Loki, in my opinion, I think all the other Disney Plus shows have struggled to, to have a successful, you know, fluid finale episode. And I think the same holds true with, with Moon Knight. I think the Moon Knight finale overall, while there was some, it was entertaining, of course. There was there were so many things that just felt kind of messy. And I feel like it sort of just outweighed that. And it kind of left me with, with, with more to desire, to be quite honest with you. And, and, you know, some people could say, well, that's good. It means you want to see more, right? Like I would want to see more regardless, but I felt, I did not feel satisfied with where the show ended is the best way I can put it. Um, let, let's get to some other things here at times, the visuals, you know, for the majority, the visuals were good. I don't think there was anything looked terrible, but at times the CGI and the visuals looked a little bit off. Uh in terms of the visuals, the scene, the roadblock scene with Arthur Harrow and his disciples are trying to pass by these uh, police officers and, and the police officers are stopping them from continuing forward. And Arthur Harrow uses, you know, Amit's, you know, the, the cane with Amit's power, soul sucking power, whatever you want to call it. And he's sucking out all the souls from the police officers. And I don't know, the purple visuals from the sky, it just sort of kind of took me out for a moment. Um, and then in terms of CGI, of course, when Mark Spector is resurrected and he suits up as Moon Knight in, you know, the, the temple that we saw him in or uh, sorry, the, uh, the pyramid rather, I think is, is where we last saw him when he got shot in episode five or episode four rather, or was it five? I can't quite remember. When he's suiting up as Moon Knight, it just did not look real. The, the, the sequence when all the when all the the bandages are starting to form around him, it just I don't know it just it just looked kind of rough in in that short sequence. But every other time we see him as Moon Knight, it looked it looked incredible. So that was a you know, minor complaint. Um, and when when we're seeing the fight unfold between him and Arthur Harrow, he does the whole thing when he blacks out again, and I I understand why. They were once again trying to tease that there's a third personality, but they had done it so many times throughout the show and they had been building up to this inevitable sequence between him and Arthur Harrow and they essentially just cut it out for viewers to see. Of course, they're leaving it up for interpretation. We see that he defeats Arthur Harrow, but it was very anti anticlimactic. I think that's how you put it, anticlimactic. Yeah, it was very anticlimactic. It just came and it went. It's pretty much what it feels like and it sort of almost just wrote off the whole... You know Ethan Hawk Arthur character Arthur Harrow character that they had built up, and I loved that character. I think it was a great antagonist. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, overall, you know, it was an entertaining episode, but it just kind of felt unorganized and clustered, and left me, as I mentioned, um, a little bit dissatisfied. But aside from that final episode. I think overall the show was great. Not good, great. I really liked it. Oscar Isaac is certainly most likely rather going to get nominated for an Emmy. He was the highlight of this entire show and I cannot wait to see him return. So don't mistake in my criticism of the final episode. Don't take that as a, as as me, you know, giving those thoughts on episode 6 as My overall thoughts on the show. Not at all. I just think the finale was a little bit weak. But I think the show in general, one through six, all six episodes, they were very, very strong. And it's my second favorite MCU show that we've seen thus far. So let's get into some news that has me really excited. Now, for those of you who don't know, it was announced like a week ago that John Watts, who directed all three MCU Spider-Man films, who was originally supposed to direct... The new Fantastic Four film that's gonna come out in a couple of years. He has since left the project. Now, I'm not gonna go over why. You can read up on why. You know, basically, he. I'll just give you in a nutshell. Basically, he's tired of doing superhero films and he wants a break. Can't blame the guy. But now, Marvel's gotta find a new director. And there are some reports going around that we may have our director and as well as a couple of stars. In the fantastic four film that's going to be coming out you know pretty shortly i imagine it's probably going to be here in no less than two years to be quite honest with you so here we go the, now keep in mind it's 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 a rumor it's you know scoops reports going around so take it with a grain of salt this could all be complete horseshit but here we have that apparently bryce dallas howard of course fantastic actress, and she's even been directing some things. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have not seen anything that she's directed. So I'm not going to sit here and say she's a great choice. She's a bad choice. I have no idea. I know that she's directed some Star Wars episodes for The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. I'm not a Star Wars guy. That's not really what I'm interested in. So I haven't seen that. But I can recognize that she is a great actress and particularly one of my favorite films that she's in just because I've watched it uh, through my... Through my childhood was Lady in the Water, the M. Night Shyamalan film. Of course, she's she's, she's great in other films like The Help, uh, you know, obviously the Jurassic Park film. So she's a great actress. And of course, she's the daughter to Ron Howard, one of Hollywood's best directors. Um, She is apparently she's going to be writing, directing and starring in this film. Uh, Most uh, fans have drawn the conclusion that she'll be starring as Sue Storm. Uh, you know, i.e. an invisible woman, and there's also been rumors that she could be be playing the love interest of Ben Grimm, aka The Thing. So that's very, very exciting. She's an incredibly talented artist, and I would have no problem with her directing and, of course, starring in the film. But here's where it gets really exciting, because if any of you have seen Doctor Strange, we are introduced to Mr. Fantastic, you know, briefly, bittersweet, We see John Krasinski, the person that everybody has been asking for for all these years. Now, I've said before, I'm not as crazy about John Krasinski as Reed Richards as many people are. I think he'd be a great choice. But I also think that there are lots of other actors out there that could do just as good, if not a better job playing that character. I think... People have wanted John Krasinski so much they're 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 talking about him as if he is the only actor that can play that role. Absolutely not. There are tons of other actors. And I discussed with the Andrew Lincoln rumors from a couple weeks ago how I think he could be playing Reed Richards, but now I think he's gonna be playing somebody else, you know, with these reports coming in. But, anyways, the report is that John Krasinski is yes, returning to play Reed Richards. So, like I said, I'm not against it. I'm happy he's playing. I, I I just think that he's not the only one that, that could do the job, but I think he's a great choice and I would be happy to see him returning. And apparently he is going to be returning as Reed Richards, but not only is he going to be reprising that role, he's going to be co-writing the film with Bryce Dallas Howard, and he's also going to be executive producing. Now, the, the, the rumor has it, he's only going to be signing on to do the first film. So just a, a one film contract, as well as executive producing kind of similar to what we just saw with Oscar Isaac, because Oscar Isaac signed on for only one season of moon Knight, And he also got a credit as an executive producer. So it makes sense. You know, they want to observe the landscape, see how the film is, you know, received, you know, see the reception of the audience, see if fans enjoy it, and then they'll return if it's successful. Right. I totally get that. And that, to be honest, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so yeah, he's going to be returning and him and, and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are going to be tag-teaming the writing of this film. So that is incredibly exciting. Now, as I just mentioned with Andrew Lincoln, what does this mean for him? Because he apparently is joined the MCU for a, an unknown role. I thought two weeks ago he could be playing Reed Richards, but I guess that's not the case, according to these reports. So uh, that kind of leads me to believe he could either be playing... A villain or maybe ghost rider or some other kind of you know superhero character maybe namor we don't really know although i don't think it'd be namor because i'm almost positive namor is going to be the villain of wakanda forever and that film's already you know if not done shooting i think they're very close to finish uh to to wrapping the production of that film so i'm not too sure um Next, we have some other news that Keanu Reeves has apparently joined the MCU for another unknown role. Now, I believe that Keanu Reeves, considering his age and everything, I don't think we're gonna be seeing him play one of these superheroes for like the next 15 years. I mean, he could, but I don't really know how people would feel about that. So I think that Keanu Reeves is most likely going to be playing, just nothing to support this, just, just my opinion. I think he's probably going to be playing Dr. Doom in the Fantastic Four because these reports of him joining the MCU kind of came right around the time that we've from a couple days ago heard that John Krasinski and Bryce Dallas Howard are going to be in the new Fantastic Four. So I don't know. That's pretty interesting. Let me know what you guys think. Now, before we wrap up today's show, I want to quickly just go over my general thoughts on the Avatar 2 trailer. I'll admit, I think it was kind of underwhelming. However, it, you know the visuals are great, of course. I think the film is going to be good as James Cameron, but I think for a very first trailer, I wasn't really like my jaw wasn't dropped. I wasn't, you know, you know, trying to look up uh, thing information about the film afterwards. I think it was kind of just underwhelming. It, it was basically just showing landscapes and 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 horizons of Pandora, things we've seen before. Um Like I said, the the visuals look incredible, of course. That's to be expected with Avatar and James Cameron. Uh, But I I wasn't really, like, shocked after watching it. Now it is just a first trailer. They're not going to show too much, but that was just my overall impressions. But anyways, guys, that's going to wrap up episode 26 of Unbashful. If you've stuck around for this long, thank you so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe. We talk about film, television, and all kinds of other things on the channel. If that sounds like something you're interested in leave a like and subscribe. And thank you all for watching. And I will see you on episode 27.